0: I want to give this message from Psalm 1, Two Ways to Live a Godly or an Ungodly Person. Let's read Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The book of Psalms means Book of Praises. It is a collection of songs and poetry from various authors. Seventy three of the chapters of the Psalms were written by David, but the book contains writings by Moses, Asaph, who was David's choirmaster, Haman. Son of Korah, the priestly musicians, Solomon, Ethan, and Judathan. With various authors, it's hard to pinpoint the book of Psalms when it was written, so we place the writings between 1300 BC. The purpose of the book of Psalms is to praise and worship God. It covers every type of emotion or situation we have in life, from its highs to its lows. In my life, through turmoils and at times backslidden, the book of Psalms always brings me out of the darkness of sin into a bubbling, crying wreck, repenting and seeking forgiveness. Of sin. I always recommend the book of Psalms to people in the same situation, telling them to read through the Psalms as a type of prayer reading. You either start from the beginning or open at any page. And as you read through it, God will bring you to your knees as you plead for forgiveness and to be restored and made right before him. As I was brought up in the Free Church of Scotland, where they used to worship only with the Psalms, but now, but nowadays they do a mix of hymns like the old church of Scotland. It is amazing to be part of a congregational worship singing the Psalms, but also, at the same time, being at home, listening to um, your MP3s, your CDs, or even online on YouTube. This is where the Holy Spirit lifts you up in worship, and at times overwhelmed in love, pouring out your heart as you sing, worshipping God. So let's look at our first psalm and hear what God has to say to us. Here we have the first book of the Psalms, verses 1 to 3, of someone giving a personal testimony of their faithfulness, of their faithful relationship with God. They find happiness in avoiding the company of the wicked. And we see in verses four and six shown another part of how the ungodly live their lives with no God, so no authorship is given to this book, but the style is very like Solomon in Proverbs. So here we're going to look at two main points um as a, as an outline. Verses one to three shows how the godly, righteous, faithful person lives, and down in verses four six shows how the ungodly, unfa- unfa- unfaithful person lives. So let's first let's read verse one of our first point. Blessed is the man that walketh not. In the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Even with this, with this kind of three kind of points here, here we, we have this person who is blessed. They have a joy, happiness and have a confidence and conviction to be faithful to God. Not listening to the ridicule that people try to discredit them. And it's also interesting, the word here, blessed, here is not the same as um, in, in Psalm 32 verse 1 where it says, Blessed is he who whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed here in Psalm 1 is a right behaviour, while in Psalm 32 speaks of a blessing from God's forgiveness. So the, the forgiveness from transgressions, from sin, In Psalm 32 makes it possible to live as a practical, righteous, faithful person in Psalm 1 here. And we read in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 to 14 um, that that God will give divine blessings to the, the people of Israel on obedience to his word. So this person seems to be receiving the blessings and has a joy and a happiness in their nature. We see we see here also in verse 1 there are three verbs which are action words which this person doesn't want to join in with the company of people that are in their community or society or the synagogue where they live. We read He walks not, nor stands, nor sits. You would think Israel as the Jews being part of God's people, they would have some holiness but but many but many are wicked. Also just in the same kind of thought, do you find that being a Christian we come under more ridicule from friends and close family that aren't believers? I think it's sad but we must take a stand like this person without being too pious because people could see it as arrogance we must remember jesus and his disciples were mocked and it's part of being a christian so let's look at um more closely at uh, these three verbs these action words and see what we can get out of it and how we could even apply this to um our life. Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. They don't follow. This person doesn't want to walk or take worldly counsel or advice from ungodly wicked people around them. They are non-Christian worldly views. It's like uh, it's it's like a conversation or a debate which people who would who you would meet at a club in the street or online on Facebook and Twitter but it seems drastic the measures this person needs to take but with us today we can't help who lives beside us or walks with us so in. In different situations, we need to be alert and be a proper witness for our, our Lord. In difficult situations, um, use the term WWJD. What would Jesus do in your life? Sometimes you can get wristbands that have the have this WWJD. What would Jesus do? Just to remind you. It's also interesting in the New Testament in Paul's letter to the Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 it says here As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him rooted and built up and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. To have Christ in your life and as your, your Lord to follow Him as you walk in His guidance, being rooted like a tree and built up like a building with good foundations through His teachings in the Bible. You are being strengthened as you mature in faith. And this will build you up in the barrage of ungodly views. And let's look at our second, um, uh, second verb or second action word. Nor stands, it says here. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. This person doesn't stand around with or keeps company with sin- with sinners. It is like he... Avoid situations or places where blatant sin is normal and could be tempted to join in. It could be like visiting a pub and um, with friends with the more they drink, the looser they get with their mouths and actions, as we see in back in the New Testament in Ephes- Ephesians chapter six, verse thirteen it says, "Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. This is like every morning when we wake up we should this should be part of our routine to put on the armor of God and this will protect us from evil sinners if we can't avoid if we can't help avoiding them. And our last verb here, nor sits. He doesn't sit around with scoffers. This is a person that doesn't really socialise with others, who ridicule and make fools of people. It is a a nasty gossip. This could even happen in a coffee morning afternoon situation. And and even if you see this kind of behaviour in your own church, you need to go and tell an elder or pastor because this behavior could damage a church. And it's also worth looking in the New Testament with this in verse in in Second Peter chapter three verses three and four it says here knowing this knowing this first. That there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Some more towards the last days, and you can even see that even more and more in in our situation, our daily situation. But more towards the last days, when Christ returns, the scoffers will come more and more and mock and ridicule us, seeing that Christ won't come. Now, let's look, look down and let's read verse 2. But his delight Is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. His delight is his joy and makes him happy. It's not a burden as he meditates on the law, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. As a child, this person would have been brought up memorising, reading and being taught these books. Meditating day and night. The word of God is his life. To meditate, he isn't emptying his mind like the false religions of Buddhism and Hinduism. This, This opens your mind to demons, like as it says, Um, In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So, but he is, but instead this person, he is filling his mind by reading and thinking thinking of God's word and to illustrate this it's I see this here in Scotland when I go up to Perth and when I look at the cows and it to illustrate this it's like a cow chewing cud where the the cow eats its grass and digests and regurgitates from the stomach which is softened the which is softened cud to rechew and swallow again. And this can happen eight hours a day chewing the cud and you might have heard the term chewing one's cud meaning to meditate or ponder. It's also isn't this such a an amazing um devotion to the Word of God that really um, reminds me of my my granddad as a child up in Nile of Lewis but the Bible should be part of our day and night it is it is our only communication from God. See Romans chapter ten verse seventeen So then faith cometh Cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear and listen, listen to him, listen to God, as we read from from the word. Try not try not to read the Bible for the sake of it. Pray. Before you read, that the the Holy Spirit will help and teach you things that God wants to tell you. As it says in, in John chapter 14 verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever. I have said unto you. It's a bad habit to go by feeling in that your heart and mind, you feel God speaking to you. This is dangerous. As it says in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, when we pray or talk with God, go to the Bible for the answer. If you feel deeply he that God is speaking to you through your heart and mind, go to the Bible and see if it is Him speaking. Remember Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God; it is profitable. Or doctrine be proof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So sit there with your Bible. Read through your Bible. Don't expect instant answers. Sit there and read your Bible until you get the answer. It could be, Hours, it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months, it could be years, but sit there with your Bible and listen as He speaks to you through His Word. Have the Bible as part of your life, just like your mobile phone where you're connected to your social media. To read the Bible, it takes around, well, it takes me around 70 to 80 hours to go right through. And this is easily achievable over three months if you read for an hour, an hour a day. As I at times have books of the Bible on my MP3 player where if I go out running or for long walks, it is uh, an amazing experience to have God speak to you out in the mountains. also I heard a this that you can also listen in your car as you drive. It can be a great it can be great for your family who are with you to discuss sections that God that God is speaking to you or teaching on long journeys. So let's look down at verse 3 and we, as we go through this, um, verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper in verse yeah um yeah, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth his fruit. In his season his leaf shall not wither. In Jeremiah um, chapter 17 verses 7 and 8, it illustrates this well. Um, Here um, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But, it is, but its leaf will be green and it will not be anxious for the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Wow. It shows us that those avoiding the company of the wicked and spend their time in God's word, they will flourish like trees whose roots are deep and not worried about droughts on hot, humid days. It's like here in Scotland where we have um, evergreen pine trees, the leaves or needles on them never wither all year round through different seasons. So we see the tree has been planted, it's like it's like us, we are planted. We are born into the world as sinners, but now born again Christians and growing like trees by the river, learning, like growing and producing fruit by being in the word of God. And the end of the verse reads, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The word "prosper" here doesn't mean that Christians are pro- are protected from problems in our lives. Nor is it part of the false teaching from sects of false teachers that teach the prosperity gospel or word of faith movements. It means when we apply by faith verses 1 and 2, according to avoiding worldly advice, mocking attitudes, and sinful behavior in our lives, we will be blessed and prosper. So let's look at our second point. Verses 46 shows how the ungodly, unfaithful person lives. In verse 4, we read The ungodly are not so, but are like the cha, which the wind driveth away. We see the opposite of the blessed godly person. It's a type of people he scorns and doesn't want to be in their company. The illustration he gives about chaff which the wind drives away, it seems the author has some knowledge of arable farming, with dealing with the, the harvesting of crops. The chaff are the useless bits of broken straw and the the seed shells of the crop that are winnowed or blown away. And let's look down at verse 5. It goes further and to finish off the psalm and presses the fact that therefore The ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. This verse could be confused with the judgment day in in the end of time, but the author is speaking about his own congregation or assembly where the leaders or elders are involved in dealing with conflict issues in its community. Just like any church, there are people who infiltrate and sometimes you find nominal uh, Christians which is a non-believer who hasn't been born again. It's sometimes these people who can damage, can do damage to the church with worldly views and living. A good church needs a good discipline ethos to deal with various issues. These nominals, these pretend Christians, or even or even confused Christians, are like the chaff; they are weightless and are swept away. If the elders stand firm, these people won't be acquitted of their ungodly behaviour at the time of judgment or decision. So the ungodly sinners won't have company among the congregation or the godly people. In verse 6 we conclude, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. For the Lord knows the way and that God is involved in the person's walk through good and bad times, guiding and caring and shepherding them. (coughs) He warns at the end that the ungodly shall perish. They will perish for all eternity, for all eternity in hell. And God doesn't want this to happen to anyone today. Living, who are living ungodly lives. You see, God is holy and righteous and he hates sin. He can't bear sin or a sinful person in his presence. We are all sinners, spiritually dead and deserve the judgment of God. That That's why, that's why he sent his son to live a sinless life here on earth. That we have hope of eternity in heaven. If Jesus wasn't sinless, there would not have been any need for sacrifice of sin upon Jesus on the cross. From the sin of Adam and Eve, death came into God's perfect world. that he created for mankind through the sin of Adam and Eve. The whole of mankind was born into sin and that is why God sent his only son into this world who was sinless. He lived here a perfect sinless life and that's why he was put on the cross and took the punishment for our sins. And after he took the punishment, he died in the cross three days and three nights he was in the heart of the air the grave, and he rose from the dead, given proof in which was foretold in Scripture and which Christ himself prophesies that he was the Son of God. So you have a choice today either to become the god the, the godly or an ungodly person. I hope you take the time to ponder this chapter and ask God for repentance and put your faith in Jesus because he died for our sins. And as you receive the supernatural new birth and have a personal relationship with him, you, could, you like the writer of the psalm, can live a godly life pleasing to God.